what up, it's your boy Cool Shep. This podcast is brought to you by my boy Joey T and Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts, hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there, but right now, we go up you on how we just chill. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of Trust the Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Toonman, as always, and the NBA season is starting to pick up some momentum. The in-season tournament has finally arrived. It's beginning tonight. We're recording this during the first game because I honestly didn't even realize that the first game was on December 4th. But uh, I'm here joined by Chris Reynolds, a normal guest of the pod, but making his very first appearance on the pod, Com Radio Zone. Adam Sheets is also here to discuss the in-season tournament. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Happy to be back, and especially happy to be here with Adam on his oh, day. Yeah. Me, me and Chris Reynolds have had a great day today. You know, we might as well just keep going, hanging out together. <laughs> you're, building, you're building some momentum. I like that. Well, Adam, we're in the same building right now, just in different yep. rooms, which is just adding to the comedy of it. But so the Celtics are beating the Pacers right now, 55 to 47. Boston is the three seed in this uh, in-season tournament, even though they're the best team in the league, record-wise, net rating-wise, etc. Before we break down some of these games, give our predictions, what's your guys' take on just the whole in-season tournament in general, how how the the, uh, qualifying games went, all that stuff? Because for me, I haven't had a lot of time to watch games that don't involve the Sixers just yet. It's early in the season, you know, finals weeks coming up for us up here at Penn State. So what do you guys think just about the rollout of the tournament and also, you know, how it pertains to the, you know, the audiences, people that want to watch the games. I like the tournament. I think it's been good for the NBA. I think the games, I think the players have taken it and ran with it. It hasn't been this thing, which everyone's worried about the guys just not caring. I think they've had a little bit of care. I think the one thing the NBA is going to have to work on is the marketing of the tournament. It was kind of weird to be randomly on this day. Hey, there's an in-season tournament game. And it's like, well, I didn't know that. And then like the next game wouldn't be an in-season tournament game. So I'd try to keep the tournament closer together instead of so spread out. And it's weird on like when the games are and when they're not. And it was very confusing. I think that's one thing the NBA is going to have to improve on if they keep this going next season. But I think it's been a really good setup. I mean, the courts were awful, uh, but you know, you, you got to try new stuff, I guess. But, you know, I think there's a lot to build on, but a lot of good things that have come out of the in-season tournament this year. I think a lot of things the NBA is going to be happy with. The players, obviously, as I said, it seems like they care. They're trying to play the games. It's cool watching teams not hold the ball because point differential was a thing in this, trying to run up the score if they get the opportunity. So I think it's been a really cool tournament and something the NBA, a lot of leagues have been trying to adapt. The NBA does, and I think there's been the positives they can take away going into the future of the NBA. Yeah, I think you nailed on the head is that like the players actually care, which is the main thing that makes the games fun. However, I have no idea when when games are happening. We literally were talking about this podcast and I thought they said it was on Tuesday and then nope, it's actually Monday night. And it's like there's only eight teams in it. Right. So it's like there's not a lot of games. Every game matters. And I feel like I don't know when they're actually taking place. And like throughout the season, like the they're mixed in throughout the week, which I thought was cool. But, like, if I don't specifically look up when the in-season tournament games are, I have no idea. All of a sudden, though, the courts just look weird. So, yeah, really, that was really it. So, I agree. They just have to, like, make that clear. And that's the only suggestion I have. And also, I think the jerseys were cool and stuff. But, like, the courts, I think it was cool that they're different. But if I have to look at that Bulls court again, like, I thought it was going to have a seizure. Because every time they, like, switch camera shots, it's just, like, blinding red. Like, it was terrible. So... Yeah, I think they tried doing a little too much of some spots and they kind of forgot about the main part, which is to like let the people know when the games are. I don't think your normal fan was right. like picking that up. Yeah, if you're not on TNT and like watching basketball every night, you're not even really seeing the advertisements for the tournament. And 
don't know. Some days I would just turn a Sixers game on and all of a sudden it'd be, a, you know, a midseason tournament game. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that. They obviously have to fit the games in. Like, obviously not everyone is going to be able to watch every game, but, you know, they can do their best. But, yeah, I think the marketing, it goes beyond just not, you know, double checking what day the game's on. I think it's I think the players bought into it. If you read like what Adam was saying, just it feels like a lot of the players were in were into the idea because it made more games matter early in the season, gets everybody pumped up. It's just yeah, I don't know. I think the branding kind of like you talking about the courts were ugly, talking about, you know, random days of the week, Tuesdays, Fridays, whatever. Just if they can find a better way to, you know, make it clear, get fans excited for it, I think that would that would be really beneficial. I don't know how to create that dialogue, but it is the first season they're doing it. So yeah, I don't really have an exact answer, but I definitely think there could have been more excitement for something like this than, than I've felt. Yeah. I also would just say like, maybe add another game in there or something. Like I just don't, I feel like there weren't enough normal games and then only eight teams make it, but like so many teams are three and one. I felt like some teams were deserving. They lose one game and it's like, they're out. Like, the magic I thought were like the storyline of their great season. And then they're not even in this. So like stuff like that, I feel like could be improved to like make it. I would yeah. rather have it feel more like March madness, more teams, not like all the teams, but maybe just add like two more spots on like each conference. Yeah. I think that, that's one way to look. I think I know they had the three pods and then the one, really one wild card spot. It was kind of how they did it with the four teams in each side. So I think that's maybe something they'll tinker with, especially because with basketball, you can play so many games in such a short period of time. If you want to, that they could have more teams and have more games, send more teams to Las Vegas and have more games there as well. I'm sure none of the players are going to complain about a free vacation to Las Vegas in December, you know, to play some basketball. So it's something I think adding more teams is going to be something they definitely look to do, especially in the future. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea because to me, the the point of the in-season tournament, the early season tournament is just kind of to highlight what's going on in the NBA so far. And if you're a casual fan, you don't know about the Magic. You don't know about the Thunder. You don't know about, you know, maybe what Nick Nurse has done with this Sixers team. So, yes, there's just a few more teams that probably could have been in this field, could have made it a little more exciting. I definitely agree with that. But, you know, the marketing, it is what it is for this season. That's behind us. We're here now. So, Let's talk about the actual games. The play-in tournament has arrived. It's starting tonight. Celtics are beating the Pacers right now, fifty-five to forty-eight at the half in the uh, the seven, in the quarterfinal game. So let's start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, Milwaukee's the number one seed. They'll play the Knicks tomorrow. But right now, Indiana and Boston are playing. Boston's got that seven-point lead. What's your guys' outlook on that side of the bracket? Uh, obviously, Boston's been pretty much the best team in the NBA so far. But do you think they're gonna? you know, win this tournament, or do you think they're going to have a tougher time? I think that, you know, the two best teams in this tournament are the Bucks and the Celtics. I think they're the two best teams. I think they're going to be that matchup in the semifinals in Vegas is probably what we're going to see. And that's going to be awesome. A big game. Everyone's going to watch. You're going to see both teams up for it. You're going to see Dame, Giannis, and the, those talent-wise, they're two of the best teams in the NBA, and everyone's going to be drawn to that game. Um, I think, you know, the funny thing about it is I feel like the storyline of the in-season tournament and the best player throughout the in-season tournament has been Tyrese Halliburton, the point guard for the yeah. Indiana Pacers. And he's just has been so good for them and it's going to be fun to watch him right now tonight obviously down seven at halftime trying to make that comeback if you're the Pacers uh, but he's just been so good and he's been so fun to watch I think he's one guy that's really benefited from this tournament people watching these games seeing the numbers he's put up and he's got a lot of recognition nationally you know guys from the Pacers usually don't get it because they're in a small market but just seeing that national recognition is going to be huge but I do think the Celtics and Bucks and I lean Boston they've won the matchup so far this season and I just think they have the more complete team outside 
outside of Milwaukee. So I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. But I think Boston's definitely got it covered on the Eastern side as of right now. Yeah, I would definitely agree. They've got the number one net rating in the league so far. Kristaps Porzingis isn't playing tonight. He's been out the last few games, but it seems like they're hopeful that if they reach the finals uh, come Saturday, he'll be he'll be back in the lineup. And I love what you said about Halliburton. He's a guy who's you know he, last year he was great. He had the Pacers out to a strong start, but this year it feels like he's really starting to mesh with Rick Carlisle's system, mesh with his young teammates. The Pacers' number one offense in the NBA. So far this season, Chris, do you agree with uh, Adam's outlook there, Bucks Celtics, or do you think maybe the Knicks? They've been playing well. Do you think they can put up a fight? I really don't want to like trust in Julius Randle in a big game, but oh. I, I also have hated what I've seen from Milwaukee. They have a good record, and I know that like like when I watch, they just they allow so many easy points to opponents. And I actually was watching a Knicks Bucks game earlier this year, and it's like. The Bucs can pull out their games because they have Giannis and Damian Lillard who might get hot in the fourth quarter, but like they feel like they're not playing well. And I don't I don't even know how they won their like grouping. So what I think the Knicks are gonna upset the Bucs in round one. Uh if the Bucs do beat the Knicks, it depends if Porzingis is back. Because Porzingis, I think, can really do a great job at like he's seven three. So like he could probably give a good fight against Giannis in the paint. And I feel like the Celtics should win the that side. If Rosingas doesn't play, maybe the Bucs do it. But no matter what, I'm going to pick the Celtics to come out of the Eastern side. And the Knicks have been playing really well. Brunson, when it matters, has played really well. Randall's weird, but he was also injured last year. But I just, I'm not a Randall guy. But I actually think they're a gritty team that could capitalize on the fact that the Bucs do not go back in transition at all. And it's, I haven't liked what I've seen from the Bucs this year, even though their record is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Chris Middleton, he's not playing a lot of minutes for this Bucks team, so they're kind of just getting by off Giannis and Dame. And Dame's been really good lately. He's really hit his stride. He kind of had a slow start to the season. Uh, no one had a slower start to the season than Julius Randle, though. I think he was shooting like 32% through the first month, but he started to get back to being kind of the guy that we're used to seeing. Um, I think the Knicks are playing great team basketball. I mean, I've only watched a couple of their games, but last year, you know, a lot of times with Tom Thibodeau teams, it seems like they regress after a really big year. This year, it feels like a lot of guys got better. R.J. Barrett quickly, they seem like better players. Uh, Josh Hart's there for his first full year. So I really like what the Knicks are doing, but in a one-game scenario, I, I got to agree with Adam. I think just Giannis and Dane, the star power, I think they're going to – they'll be able to pull that off. They'll be able, they'll be uh, matched up with the Celtics in the second round. I just think well, it's also one game too, which is like kind of weird because that's when it starts to feel like anything can kind of happen. So, yeah. like, I think it's really just – I think their offense depends if Dame kind of gets hot because if Dame isn't hitting shots, it's really just Giannis. And you mentioned Chris Middleton. He just completely fell off after he got injured, like, that one year, and he, like, couldn't play the Celtics series. He has not been the same player, and I feel like that's kind of held him back from being that, like, championship contender. And now that they don't have Drew, like, it's really up to Dame to, like – they need Giannis and Dame. But then the other day they won because Brook Lopez also had, like, 20 or 30 or something, so – I don't know if they could rely on that. So I, I don't know. Just the Bucks are weird. I've supported them strongly for the last like five years, basically. And this is like the first year where I'm starting to like, actually be concerned. Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of interesting, especially with the Bucs. Just looking, they focus so much on trying to get the offense right with Damian Lillard coming over, like working that with Giannis, that a lot of people mentioned this when the trade happened, that their defense was going to take a step back, losing a guy like Drew Holiday. And when you play a team, if it's going to be the Knicks here in this first round, Jalen Brunson, a great guard that can handle the ball and score. And then if you get to that round, you have so many weapons with the Boston Celtics, including Drew Holiday. And then you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, obviously, there as well. So I think that's going to be the big question. How 
how's the Bucks defense look in this tournament? Their offense, if they don't have it figured out yet, they'll figure that out. You have Damian Lillard and Giannis, two of the best offensive players in the league. But how will the defense work, especially in the backcourt, guarding those guards that we'll see in the Eastern Conference in this in-season tournament here in the quarterfinals and semifinals? Yeah, the Celtics defense, which is just elite. I mean, the three guys you just named are all all defensive caliber players. Indiana's the second worst defense in the league. And as we mentioned, the Bucs are still trying to find their identity on defense as well. So, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. The Celtics should, at the very least, uh, win the eastern side of the bracket. So let's switch over to the Western Conference here. So the Lakers and the Suns, they'll meet in the 1-4 matchup tomorrow. Tonight, uh, we got Kings and Pelicans uh, later tonight at 10 o'clock. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has been, he's coming off a culture ranking selection. He's put up 30 points a game this season. The Kings have not lost a step. I was like, the Western Conference got better. The Kings didn't make any moves to improve. Are they going to, you know, maybe step out of that playoff picture? Instead, they've been great. The Pelicans, yeah, they got a lot of injuries routinely, but the very least, Zion and Ingram have been playing so far this season. It's been the role players who've been a big uh, dinged up, but CJ's back. Trey Murphy just played his first game of the year, so... Let's start there since it's tonight. Like that's a very interesting matchup between two teams trying to maybe move up the ladder in the Western Conference, not viewed as contenders, but both sides got a lot of talented players. Yeah, uh, I was like you. I was skeptical of the Kings because it was like last year, if there was a team that was fluky, it was probably going to be the Kings. You know what I mean? That like we're going to regress, but no, they've just been just as good. Darren Fox, as you said, has been amazing. I actually have the Kings coming out of the West because I just love them. They're like the Indiana Pacers. I think their offense is so good. Their defense might struggle, but they don't have to face Celtics in the first round. So I like the Kings a lot. I think their offense is just fun and fast, and I just want to root for them. And they also do actually have like a – they like they're losing their home court advantage because like it's in Vegas, like those like final games, whatever they're doing. But I don't know. I like the Kings a lot. I'm surprised they didn't regress, but I'm happy they didn't because it would have been really depressing – for this whole light the beam season last year, they lose in seven to the Golden State. And then, like, imagine if they, like, sucked. That'd be so sad for Sacramento because they literally always have sucked. And now they're like, hey, they're actually, they're still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the Kings. I think, you know, you just look at them offensive. They're so fun to watch. I mean, they play the game so well. De'Aaron Fox has really taken that step. I mean, there's a lot of questions coming out, like, would he be able to translate? Would he be able to shoot in the big moments? All these things with De'Aaron Fox. And he's really shown, answered all those questions. So bonus has obviously been a great addition to this team starting last year and this year as well. Uh, you look at the draft pick of Keegan Murray, which was such a great pick for them as a good role player. Malik Monk has stepped into his role very well on the Sacramento team. They just have so many great, great players. They're so well coached, and they're just a team. It's like like you see all these teams that you're going to see, especially out in the West. You know, not New Orleans, who they're playing tonight. I mean, New Orleans is a team as well. They have Zion. They have Brandon Ingram. They have so many good players as well. But you look at the Lakers and Suns, obviously it's star power, star power, star power. You just look at these two teams and this matchup tonight is just such depth, such good players that just know their role and know how to play together, which makes it so fun to watch. I mean, if you're if you're a betting man, take the over, I think, in this game. I think both teams yeah. are going to score a lot of points. Uh, but I, I just love Sacramento. I think, you know, every, there were the questions, as you mentioned, coming into the season because of all the moves everyone else made, and they kind of stayed packed. They're a young team that got better, kept the nucleus together, and they're building that way, which has been so fun to watch. So I really like Sacramento. I like them out of the West completely in this tournament, but definitely tonight against New Orleans. I think it's going to be a great game, high scoring. And, you know, the clutch player of the year last year was De'Aaron Fox, and he might have to do it again tonight but I think he will. I think he's definitely capable of taking over in crunch time for this team. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think the Sac- I think Sacramento's got it tonight, and I really love this Pelicans team. I've been a proponent of them for years. I'm always like, if they're healthy, that's a 50-win team. This year might be the year they get a little bit closer to that, but that's because they're getting healthy now. The first month, they've been a little banged up. 
I know, like I said, some of the guys came back this week, but over the past week, but the Kings have been playing together all season. So the Pelicans, I think, are still going to need a few weeks to integrate everybody back in. Uh, Willie Green's going to want to find that rotation that he wants to stick with. I think Sacramento, they've got their five starters. They got Malik Monk, who knows what he's got to do as a six man. I think in a one game scenario, they take it tonight. So yeah, I agree. Sacramento is going to move on to this next round. Then we got two teams, the one in the 14th seed, two teams that everyone expected to be Western Conference contenders this year, but they both had their issues. We got the Lakers as the one seed, the Suns as the four seed. They got similar records though, both 12 wins. Uh, the Suns, obviously, Bradley Beal's only played three games. He's still out of the lineup. So we really haven't gotten to see him with Booker and Kevin Durant. Booker's been dinged up as well, but he is back now. He's expected to play tomorrow. Uh, the Lakers, very elite on defense this year, but their offense has been a bit clunky. Uh, they've had to resort to putting Austin Reeves coming off the bench, which I think, honestly, I mean, at least the Sixers game I watched, I know the Sixers killed them, but honestly, I thought early in the game, the Lakers looked pretty good. In the first half, I thought the Austin Reeves six-man thing has kind of worked because I think they needed it. Um, but what's your guys' take on these two teams playing each other here and also just how they played early in the season? Because I still think, especially the Lakers, I still believe in these two teams, but it's been a little clunky early on. Yeah, I think you hit it, Joe. I think, you know, there's a lot of things to be happy about with these teams, but there's a lot of questions. I think you look into these two teams. I mean, they're teams that are not built for the regular season. They're built for the playoffs. I mean, they got guys who were expected to play one of the playoffs. I mean, the Lakers, obviously, LeBron, AD, and all the guys they brought back from last year's Western Conference Finals run. They're not a team that's going to really take every game seriously. They're a team that's going to really focus on getting everything right for the playoffs. And the Suns, you know, they, they're taking a risk on a team that's really relying on offense and trying to score a lot of points with Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker and seeing how that works, especially with Devin Booker and Bradley Bill really running the point and trying to figure out who's going to be able to be the playmaker, who's going to maybe take a back seat, all those questions, which makes this a very interesting matchup. I lean Phoenix. I think, you know, they, they, they're they the better team right now. I think the Lakers have a lot to learn about themselves right now, especially with, you know, Austin Reeves going to the bench, that adjustment. It seems like it's working a little bit, but definitely trying to figure that out. And then it's just the question of LeBron and AD. I mean, it's what are they going to do? I mean, I think they'll be up for this game because it's Phoenix, because because it's the in-season tournament, be ready for it. But I mean, you know, they're still, it's like it's a regular season game. If it gets, you know, trying to make a comeback late, are they are they going to invest everything or is they going to maybe pull back a little bit and say, you know what, it's just a regular season game. We'll get ready for some future opportunities. So I like Phoenix in this game. It's going to be really close, a really fun game to watch. Obviously, anytime LeBron James and Kevin Durant are on the floor together, you have to watch that game because of how big of a magnitude that is. We don't get many more of these matchups after this and how long their rivalry was in the NBA. But I lean Phoenix in this one I just think their offense could be better than the Lakers still trying to answer those offensive questions here early in the season interesting I disagree a bit I'm interested what you think Chris uh I feel like for me I I know what the Lakers are more I'm not really interested in the Lakers I'm just more like the Suns still I feel like they barely play games together like still mm -hmm. I feel like I barely have seen Durant and Booker both play games so I think the Suns actually when they're healthy are better than the Lakers I, I think they're going to win the play. I, I think they're going to win this and beat the Lakers. I actually think the Lakers are better overall in a series, but like just for one game, I know Katie's going to put up 35. I know Booker is probably going to make every single mid range jump shot. And if AD has one of those weird games where he disappears, then we're going to hear on first take the next day. Oh, he has to try to be like the best player when LeBron retires. And it's the same discussion every day. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like the Lakers have a better overall team. I like Austin Reeves. I, I want him in the closing group. I don't care if he starts or not, but as long as he's in that closing lineup, yeah. that's all that really matters. So like maybe that helps. 
the Lakers just always feel like need to figure it out in the beginning of the season. Like they don't, they're usually a second half type of season team because they just need to like, they usually have a lot of new pieces and they got to figure it all out. And, and even at the end of last year, they like just figure stuff out right before the playoffs. You know what I mean? So that they're still figuring that stuff out now. And the Suns are too, but I think the Suns pieces kind of play like each player is better on their own. Like does it, there's not this big, like huge system they have to fit into. Whereas the Lakers, it's kind of like fitting with LeBron and AD. So it's a little bit more complicated. It takes a little bit longer to get used to it. Yeah, the Suns have been playing, I would say, better than I expected without Beal and with Booker missing so much time. I mean, Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon have had the man, the starting lineup uh, at guard for this team. They still have found ways to not be, you know, just lacking anything on offense. So this team's playing really well. A lot of their offseason pickups paid off. Even Nurkic has been a bit better compared to how he was on Portland. I just want to roll with the Lakers in this in this game because – I just feel like their defense is good enough that, yeah, Devin Booker and Durant, they can handle the ball. It's not that they can't play make at all, but they're still just, I don't know, I'm still skeptical of just the personnel the Suns have. Before the season, I really thought the Lakers matched up well with them, not only defensively, but also, I like I just said, Nurkic playing a bit better, but I still would like to think that in one game, Anthony Davis could rise to the occasion, hopefully, and outplay him pretty, pretty, uh, pretty clearly. So in a one-game scenario, I'm going to ride with the Lakers. I'm going to go, I'm going to disagree with you guys here because... At the end of the day, before the season, I said, I think the Lakers are going to go far this season. I think they're better than the Suns, and I don't want to back off that just yet, especially with Bradley Beal out of the lineup. So we're a little split on here, but I think we can agree it's going to be a, a close game and an interesting game. So coming out of the West, I think you guys both said you like the Kings. Uh, yeah. Is that correct? Yep. Kings out of the West. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I'll agree with you there because – I think it, this means more to Sacramento than the Lakers. It kind of goes to what you were saying, Adam. Like, even though I think they can beat the Suns, the Suns and the Lakers kind of are both in that sense of like, yeah, the regular season isn't super the most important thing to us right now in December, where the Kings, I think, would benefit a lot from further confidence. Like I was saying before the year, everyone's like, oh, are the Kings going to be that good? If they continue playing the way they've been lately and then they maybe win this tournament, that's only going to give them further confidence for later in the season. So I'm going to go Kings. Uh, coming out of the West. Let's agree there. But Celtics uh, versus Kings, if that's our final, I mean, I'm going to roll Boston in a one-game scenario just because they're playing better than anyone in the league right now. They got probably the best starting five. And if and if Porzingis is back for that game, I think that really gives the extra, the extra edge to Boston. Yeah, I agree with you there, Joe. I think Boston would win that game against Sacramento. I think that's going to be the matchup we get in the finals of this in Las Vegas. I just think, you know, there's too much firepower. We talked a lot about the Kings offense, but I think their defense is still definitely a question. We got a guy like Jason Tatum who has stepped up in those type of one game scenarios. And I think, you know, Boston would be up. I think they're they're kind of in the realm of the Lakers and the Suns, like in the regular season. Like we got to prove we can do it in the playoffs. That's where everyone's going to judge us. But I think, you know, in that game, I feel like Jason Tatum's going to step up. Jalen Brown's going to step up. And if they get Porzingis back, that'd be huge for that game as well, especially going up against DeMontis Sabonis. So I do like Boston if they play. Sacramento would be a great thing. And I think, as you mentioned in that semifinal matchup, I think they would want it just more than the team between the Lakers and the Suns, whoever that is, just because it means more to Sacramento to win that game. Uh, and then a Boston, I think they're just they're the best team in the NBA so far this season. They've proven that game in and game out. I think this is an opportunity for them to feel like they can put a stamp on that by winning this end season tournament. I don't know why. I just feel like I really like this Kings team throughout this conversation. It really talked me into it. So I'm going to go with Sacramento. I I also like really don't like rooting for the Celtics in big moments because as oh, tell I, me. I yeah. think the Celtics just play down to like their competition and I don't like rooting for them when it's like 
a big game. I feel like that was I'm certainly not rooting for them. I'm just making a prediction. I, I know. I think you're saying if I pick them, I'm gonna root for them. You know what I mean? Like a little probably wants to be right. And I guess I don't actually ever have a dog in the race. It's really I'm usually rooting for Boston. Well, so, Boston's only up by one point right now, so we'll see. Uh, it could be Indiana, guys. Honestly, yeah. like the Panthers can outscore anyone, so that's like, true. Their offense is that good, so I mean, if the Celtics lose round one, like it's not even that crazy. But uh, I'm with the Kings. I, my dream in life, like when I go to bed tonight, I'm gonna uh-huh. be thinking about the Kings Pacers playing in the championship game. That's because, what I was gonna say. Ooh, yep, that yeah. would be that's, that's America's good, game, right? I like there. that. <laughs> I like that. 180 to 176, and it would be like the best game ever, like the Hawks game they had, uh, the Pacers and the Hawks. Well, I thought you meant because just Halliburton, you know, versus the Kings. Yeah. Oh, I honestly forgot about the fact that like there was the whole history of like the teams making right. that trade that I still think the the Pacers fleeced the Kings, but they're both just probably the most fun teams I've had watching this year. So I'd rather watch them. I actually like offense, and I think that would just be fun. Yeah. So. I think the Kings are going to win it though this year. No, okay. they might lose tonight, and then everything I've said just is out is just down the drain. But like, if Zion gets hot, who's stopping him and the Kings? No one. Sabonis so ain't stopping that. But, yeah, that's like you were saying. That's the March Madness aspect of it a little yeah. bit because in one game scenario, you never know what's going to happen. But like we said, the top, like if we if there's more teams in the race, that March Madness feel might feel even more yeah uh, prevalent. Yeah, I just the Kings just feel like that team that would win an in-season tournament to me. So, yeah. based on mainly gut and what I want to happen, uh, give me the Kings. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I think Kings Celtics would be a really interesting matchup, and no matter who wins, I mean, I would love to see the Celtics lose. So, uh, we can only we can only pray for that outcome. So, my only uh, fear with the Kings is let's get conspiracy theories, guys. We could have Zion versus LeBron in Vegas in the semifinals. Let's just, let's just conspiracy theories. Foster? I think Adam Scott Silver Foster? just called it in. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I can check who's in tonight's game real fast. <laughs> it was like two years ago. I think the league would be all about that. I don't think there's still like that Zion hype. You know what I mean? Like. I think he has cooled down to where it's like people have gotten like, it's no longer like a highlight every time Zion touches a ball. I guess and you're right. That, I think I they want think... it though. I still think oh, they, they want, want it to be. They would want it. Yeah. I I honestly don't know. Like the Pelicans are a small like fan base. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure. Oh Zion... man, Tony Brothers. I mean, I he was so <laughs> bad in the Sixers Nets game that I made one of the podcast titles on the. I made one of my podcast titles for the Nets Sixers series, the Tony Brothers Disaster Class. He'll be wrestling <laughs> tonight's game for Kings Pelicans. Adam, I think you nailed it, man. This actually might be a great game. Tony I, knows was, I was against it until Joe came out with the refs. All right, so so we got the Celtics and the Kings in the finals. We'll have to see how it plays out. Hopefully we get those predictions correct, but we will have to see. But that's going to do it for our NBA midseason tournament breakdown and preview. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Adam, thank you for joining us for the first time. It was a pleasure having you on. Yep, thanks for having me, Joe. A lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And Chris, thank you for coming on. As always, I'm sure we'll be doing this. Okay. I owe you an Andrew Buckman pod. That's coming sooner than sooner than later, Chris. That is true. I'm very excited for the Andrew Buckman pod, but thank you for letting me be here for Adam's debut. Just because that just Absolutely. this is the Absolutely. most I think I've ever like seen Adam in a 24 hour span. It's been a lot. Chris Reynolds and I spent a lot of time together yesterday, a lot of time together today. It's it's been a lot. Well, that's that's no such thing though. No such thing as too much Adam, so it's fine. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Adam's always welcome on Trust the Pod. All right. 
That is going to do it for this episode of Trust the Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow on Spotify and Apple if you aren't already. Check out the TikTok. Check out Two Men Talking Sports on Instagram for more clips from the pod. And other than that, catch you all next time. We'll be talking Sixers next time I'm back on Trust the Podcast. I know I haven't been doing a lot of episodes lately, but I'm ready to get back into the groove of things over Christmas break. So thank you and go Sixers.